grace and peace to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who comes to us now by the Holy Spirit to open our ears to hear only his gracious claiming word, that promised word that comes to make us new, to clothe us in Christ and give us his life. Amen. When was the last time you felt like an imposter? Maybe it was for fun. You were playing a part someplace and you wanted just to fool around and have a little fun in the world, not be yourself, uh, try to be goofy or try to be serious just to see what it was like. But sometimes we feel like imposters when expectations are placed upon us that we can't quite fulfill. That people who don't really know us or don't know what's inside of us or don't really see us for who we are expect us to be something that we're not. We feel the weight of the expectations and we have to pretend to get through in life. Maybe you were new to a group of friends and they didn't quite know you, but they thought they knew you. And so you had to play along until they got to know you. Otherwise, you might not belong to the group. Maybe it was the day you started a new job and you didn't quite know what was going on, but you had to fake it. You had to put on the mask. You had to pretend until finally you would get your feet under you. It happens all over the place. I think we wear more masks and we imposter more often than we think, even with those close to us. Because life changes, you know. Our expectations and our desires change over time, but we get locked into what we were in the past at times, and we have to live up to people's expectations. Well, John the Baptist was called by God not to be the Messiah, but to point to him. But everyone around him kept looking at him and saying, I think he might be the one. He heard all of their expectations. He's carrying all the weight of their questions. And still he hears God's word to him cut through. Prepare the way for the one. Not you, but him. And so John the Baptist carries out his mission of not pointing to himself, but always pointing to Jesus. He's the one, not me. I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. I baptize with water, but he is coming to do something far more than that. He's coming with fire and the Holy Spirit. He's coming with new life. John the Baptist, even though people were saying, this might be the Messiah, this is the one that we are expecting, kept saying, no, 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 him, not me. He didn't play the part. He simply did God's word. He did the role God had given him, not the role he might have imagined for himself or the role that everybody else tried to place upon him. Prepare the way. Baptize the son. He's coming. He's coming. But we live in an imposter-filled world, and it shows just how insecure we are inside of ourselves and with the expectations that are placed upon us constantly. It can be kind of fun, like I said, to play a part. 
But behind the mask, behind the facade, behind your imposter front, there's a deep sea of swirling insecurities that haunt us. There's a famous movie called Catch, you, Catch Me If You Can. It's the story of Frank Abagnale Jr., famous imposter. The story is pretty fun to watch and pretty exciting, but really at its core, it's the story of insecurity and a boy turning into a man who has no place to turn. His whole life is one of insecurity and impostering. He fakes everything. He fakes being a lawyer. He fakes being a doctor. He fakes being an airline pilot. He fakes a marriage, telling a girl, I love you, I love you, and then leaving because he can't be found out. The beginning of the movie starts when he enters a new school. He had left uh, his uh, private school because his father had gotten into some trouble with the IRS, and so he had to go to public school, and on his first day, uh, he's getting picked on. And he shows up in, his, in the French class, and all of the class are standing there like they do in class, talking, goofing around, and he stands there looking at the people who are picking on him in the hallway, and instantly he sees it. He snaps his fingers, a light bulb changes, and he says, here's my opportunity. And he stands and he says, take your seats. My name is Mr. Abagnale. It's not Abagnale or Abagnale, it is Abagnale. Get it right. And he assumes an authority of teacher, even as the, the real substitute teacher comes walking into the classroom. And he says, no, no, I've got this covered. And she leaves. A week later, he's found out, having uh, been an imposter for all this time, he's taken the trip, he's taken the, the class on a, on a field trip. He's given them an exam. And now the, the, uh, the principal has to call his parents in and say, do you see this is the problem? At the core of it, though, he wanted power and authority. He wanted to be someone else so that he wasn't picked on. And at the deeper side of it, he had no place to receive that help. You find out through the movie that his father and mother have problems. He doesn't trust his place in the world. And so he has to keep making new lies constantly, being an imposter. It's pretty easy for us to identify this way when we recognize that deep down we are insecure like this. And then we realize that John the Baptist did his role there at the Jordan waiting for Jesus to come to him. And he baptizes Jesus just as God asked. But even in that moment, John the Baptist himself isn't quite secure He's asking, are you the one? Is it you? Or is there somebody else that's to come? Because it doesn't seem, Jesus, like this is what's supposed to happen. The insecurities and the questions are always swirling around us. And we always wonder, where can we go to find something absolutely rock solid and secure? We can't go inside of ourselves because we know our own insecurities. We can't always go to family and friends because we know that we play a part to them as well. And if we stop playing our part, well, maybe, just maybe, we won't belong any longer. Our insecurities are legion, and they haunt us constantly. 
But Jesus comes to the Jordan and is baptized. And there, as he comes up out of the water, the heaven is open and God's word lands upon him. You are my son, the beloved. In you I am well pleased. So that Jesus from that moment forward can go into the world, into the troubles of the world, into the lies and insecurities, into the always swirling mess of what's coming next, and can say, I have God's absolute, rock-solid, unshakable word on this. I am the beloved son. You watch what Jesus does next. The first step outside of his baptism is into the wilderness, where the devil looks at him and says to him, if you are the son of God, inviting Jesus to ask the questions that always plague us. Was God sure about that? Did he really say it? Did he know who I am deep down inside before he gave me that word? Because that's what we think words are. We think they're always contingent upon what we do and think and feel. But God doesn't wait to say, what did you do? Did you become my son? Instead, he says right to Jesus at his baptism, you are my son. He gives an unshakable, unthwartable, unmovable promise that Jesus can hold and cling to as he moves into the world, taking the sin of the world upon himself. Sin is listening to those voices that aren't God's word, giving them credence, listening to their voice, wondering if they might be true rather than what God said to you. It is the other voices that come sneaking in into the cracks and insecurities to ask, did God really mean that to you? But Jesus' baptism, he is baptized not because he is the sinful one, but he enters into a baptism in order to bring you a baptism with an unshakable, unthwartable, rock-solid promise that says you are God's beloved child, for now you are in Christ. He hasn't come to say, you might be God's child if, God might love you if you play the part correctly, but rather you now have received the same promise that he got, that word that comes in baptism that says you are God's beloved child, no ifs, ands, or buts. It's as though Jesus himself came into the world posing as a sinner, playing the part in order to take the sin and accusation of the world upon himself so that it would not trouble you any further, so that you would not have to listen to it any longer, so that you would be a disciple of Christ, born anew through the waters of baptism where God said to you, not fire, not water, not anything will be able to take you from me to separate you from me, for I have given you a promise. And wherever the promise of God is believed, there the heaven is opened right to you. This was not fake. This was not uh, a part he played. Jesus actually came into the world to take the accusations and sins off of your conscience, out of your shoulders, so that you would rest always absolutely securely knowing that God's promise is sure 
and certain that you can rest and count on it. For when he makes a promise, he keeps it. And he has promised you that you now are beloved children of God in Jesus Christ forever. Amen.